1 John chapter number 2, one of my absolute favorite books in the Bible is, is, uh, is John's epistle here, and especially 1 John. And so 1 John chapter 2 in your Bibles. And I want to give you a thought or two today, uh, something the Lord really laid on my heart several weeks ago, and, uh, and God brought it to uh, uh, fruition here for the service. And so John chapter number 2, 1 John chapter 2, and if you're still looking uh, and this is not a problem, by the way. Uh, the Gospel of John's right about midway through, but the Epistle of John is in the very toward the very back. And so, if you went to Revelation, you went too far. Turn left and go back just a little ways. Um, and I'm sure folks get that confused sometimes, and that's all right. That's that's not a problem. First John, uh, chapter two, and they're just little books too, so it's, they're easy to miss back there. First John chapter 2, and when you find your place, let's all stand this morning out of respect for the reading of God's Word. And verse number 1, the Bible says, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Why don't we do responsive reading today and you read the second verse with me. Ready? And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. <clears throat> and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4, let's read it together. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. When you see that word verily, it's the same, same idea as truly. This is, the, this is a fact. That's what he's saying. But whoso keepeth his word in him truly uh, in the, is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. But I want you to finish with me on verse 6. And that's our text verse today. Ready? He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Thank you very much. You may be seated. And I want to talk to you very plainly and very simply this morning about this subject, walk your talk. Walk your talk. And let's pray and we'll jump quickly into the message today. Father, thank you for the service today and what's been accomplished. It's been a good service and we are so thankful for our veterans and, uh, Lord, for the opportunity to uh, at least do a little something just to make them uh, feel appreciated today. And, Lord, please let them know that they are appreciated. And, Lord, I, I appreciate so much what Brother Mike said as well, though. What, what a blessing, Lord, to be in the army of the Lord. And, uh, Lord, what a group to be a part of. And I'm so thankful. <clears throat> Lord, I'm just so thankful that I'm in this church and that I can be a part of a uh, of a, bo a body like this and an army like this. And Lord, truly, you've given us a great army at Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that you'll knit our hearts together now as we learn a truth from the Word of God today. Father, we pray for that one that may be here or may be watching by way of live stream and they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray today would be the day, Lord, that they would come to Christ. November the 14th, 2021, that they would come to Jesus today and give their heart and life to him. I pray for that child of God that's a little discouraged, maybe a lot discouraged. Lord, this week's been a battle. This week has been a churn. I mean, it's, there's been some things that have happened. And uh, Lord, maybe they've not told another soul. But Lord, they walked in today and they were discouraged. 
And Father, I pray that, that this day and this service would be a great encouragement to their spiritual life. Father, help us. We need you. Oh, God, we need you today. Father, a program's not enough. An order of service is not enough. God, we've got to have your spirit. And Lord, we know that except the, the spirit of the Holy One come down, all will be in vain. And so, God, we need you today. We need your breath and your touch. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll direct our attention, our words today. And we pray that Christ, the Son of God, will receive glory and praise from it all. We plead the blood of Jesus over the service now. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen. It's believed that the Apostle John wrote the epistles of John from a place called Ephesus. Most of you have heard of the city of Ephesus. We read in the book of Ephesians, which is a letter that was written to the uh, people that lived there in Ephesus. Ephesus was a major metropolis. It would be like our Charlotte, North Carolina, or Chicago, or Los Angeles, or whatever the case may be, there was a Colosseum in Ephesus that would hold around 22,000 people. Now, that's big, especially for back in that day and time. And in the city of Ephesus, there was a heresy that was circulating called Gnosticism. And in Gnosticism, uh, several things that they taught in Gnosticism. Number one, they taught that all matter was evil. And then they also taught that knowledge was absolutely necessary for salvation. And so with that going on in the city of Ephesus, under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God leads John and inspires John to write the epistle of John. And John says to those Ephesians, let me tell you something you ought to know. Since you're so concerned about knowledge and you're so concerned about knowing something he said, let me give you something that every person better know. And this is it. If you say you're a born-again Christian, your life needs to reflect what you say. And so it's more than just words. Oh, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And so John writes, and John says, there better be something to back it up. Man, you better put your money where your mouth is. We have heard that in a long time, have we? There needs to be some clout. Uh, you know, people can say anything, can't they? And, but, but John says that you need to walk your talk. And if you're going to say you're a follower of Christ and you're going to say that you're a born-again child of God, then there better be something to back it up. Someone said this. Someone said your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And that's so true, isn't it? Your talk talks but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And people ought to say about us that we walk like Christ. When they see you, and by the way, not just at church, but when they see you mowing the yard, when they see you at work, when they see you at the grocery store, when they see you at the post office, how people ought to say, man, that person walks like Jesus. Have you ever heard someone say this about someone? They said, man, that guy, he walks just like his dad. I mean, I've known his dad for years and years and years. He walks uh, just like his dad. He, his mannerisms are the same as his dad. It's amazing. Well, when people look at you and I, and they know that we're a born-again Christian, we profess to be saved, they ought to look at us and say, man, he walks just like his dad. He walks just like his heavenly father. He walks just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Mary Slade wrote these words, footprints of Jesus 
that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus wherever they go. Robert Lowry wrote these words, Down in the valley with my Savior will I go. Where the flowers are blooming and the sweet waters flow, everywhere he leads me, I will follow, follow on, walking in his footsteps till the crown be won. Now, First Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says this, For even here too were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his Steps, And so I would just ask us today, are we following in the steps of Jesus Christ? Are we walking like Christ? Do we imitate Jesus? When people look at us, do they say, man, that guy acts just like the Lord. That lady acts just like the Lord in her words, in her actions, in her mannerisms, in her compassion, in the way she interacts with people, in the way she serves the Lord. It, they're walking just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, I want to draw your attention back to 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 6. And John says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk. And then he says this, Even as he walked, even as Jesus walked, you and I ought to walk. Well, I read that verse the other day and the, the, the Lord began to speak to my heart. And, and so I began to go through the back of the word of God and I began to look at all the, the, not all probably, but a lot, maybe most. I began to look at all the scripture references in the Bible that talk about the walk of Christ. And so since we're to imitate his walk and we're to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, I just got a little curious and I thought, what does the Bible say about the way Jesus walked? Can I share three with you today concerning the walk of Christ. How about this? Number one, we notice that Jesus walked through problems. Now turn in your Bibles with me at Matthew chapter 14. <coughs> Matthew chapter 14 in your Bibles. And we're going to turn just a few places today. Matthew chapter 14. And look, if you will, at verses 24 and 25. And you know the story very well. <coughs> the Bible says that the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee. And notice what happens <coughs> in Matthew 14. And verse number 24, the Bible says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, <clears throat> tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now look at verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, and I read this, walking on the sea. And when I read that verse, I thought, okay, Lord, I think you're <clears throat> showing me a lesson here. And the lesson is this, that Jesus Christ walked through the problems or walked across the problems. You see, the raging sea was an obstacle for the disciples, but it was an opportunity for the Son of God. Uh, this was a predicament for the disciples, but it was painless for the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. This was concerning for the disciples, but it was convenient for the Son of God. It was fearful for the disciples, but it was fearless for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about those things in this day and time that make people alarmed and make people concerned and make people want to quit. Those problems that come in, by the way, everybody's got them. Nobody's exempt. It doesn't matter who you are. And you may be here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm footloose and fancy free. I don't have any problems. Well, just hang around around. Amen. Because life doesn't get any less complicated. It usually gets more complicated as you go. And so you, the problems may not be here yet, but they're on the way. But I just want to remind you that you have a Savior that walked through the problems. Did you know that we will never be like Jesus 
as long as we quit every time a storm comes. Every time a problem comes, man, it just blows us out of the water. And I mean, we're doing good. We're going to church and a problem comes and we quit going to church. We're reading our Bibles. We're spending time in prayer. We're singing in the choir and a problem comes and it knocks us out. We're no longer in the choir, no longer reading our Bible, no longer going to the house of God. Listen to me. This is all I'm saying. This is the simplest preaching you'll ever hear in your life. If we are going to walk in the example of Jesus, that means we've got to walk like he. He walked, and Jesus walked through the problems. I mean, he just walked right through the problems, and if we're going to be like Jesus, you know what that means? We're going to have to walk through the problems as well. You say, preach, I don't like it. By the way, nobody ever does, do they? Nobody likes problems. Man, everybody likes it when the bills are paid, and the kids are healthy, and, and the car's running great, and the roof doesn't leak, and then we've got enough money to go to McDonald's at the end of the day, and I mean, everybody likes it when everything's great, but how about when everything falls apart? Part and, and the roof is leaking and the motor does blow up and, and you do lose your job and, and you do get sick or you do get COVID. How about those days? If we're going to be like our Savior, you know what we've got to do? We've got to keep on walking, my friend. Now I notice we, we see a lesson. I believe we see a lesson here. You're in Matthew chapter 14. Look, if you will, at verse number 28. And we notice here that, it, that at least, at least momentarily, We notice here that Peter begins to walk in the ways of Jesus. Look, if you will, Matthew 14, 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And so at least for a little bit, Peter began to copy the Savior and he began to walk through the storms and walk across the storms. Listen, Calvary, I know some of you right now, you're facing the fire. I know you're going through trials and tribulation and some of you are and our heart goes out to you and we want to try to be compassionate and we want, we're praying for you and we're rooting for you. But the fact of the matter is at the end of the day, at the end of the day, whether anybody calls you or not or whether anybody sends you a card or not, if we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to be like our Savior, you know what we got to do? We got to keep on walking. You can't stop. You can't quit. No. You've got to walk. You you say, preacher, it's tough. Keep walking. You say, pastor, I'm out of breath. Keep walking. You say, preacher, it's unpleasant. Keep walking. You say, but preacher, my heart is broken. Keep walking. You say, pastor, it just seems like it comes in spurts and and problems are just, uh, they're just uh, everywhere around me. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Why? Because it's exactly what Jesus did. And so we notice here, number one, that Jesus walked through the problems, but there's something else. Number two, I notice that Jesus walked against persecution. Turn over to Luke 13 with me, if you will. Luke 13. Luke chapter 13, and look, if you will, at verse number number 31 today. Oh, yes, Luke chapter 13 and verse 31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, and this is the religious crowd. Luke 13, 31, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. Oh, I like this. Look at verse 32, and he talking about the Lord, and he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out devils 
And I do cures today and tomorrow and the third day and I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, here it is. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. Did you know that people tried to silence the message of Jesus? They tried to silence and they tried to stop his mission. But what I find here in our scripture is that the Lord Jesus Christ was determined to walk on. Even though people wanted to put him out of commission, they didn't like what he was doing. Christ said, I'm going to walk. It doesn't matter whether you want me to or not. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve my heavenly father. I'm going to, I'm going to walk on. I'm going to go on. Did you know that there is someone who is hoping that you'll, you'll keep on going? And by the way, you may not know it, but someone's watching your life. Someone's watching your, your uh, testimony. Someone's watching your spirit. And maybe they've never came and they've never told you this, but they admire you and they're inspired by you and they're watching your testimony and they are so hoping that you will persevere and that you will push through. And by the way, from time to time, they know that you're going through a hard time and, and that's when they really pay attention. And they are hoping that, that, that this Jesus you talk about is the real deal and that, man, you're just gonna go on. They're hoping that you're gonna make it. But listen to what I'm about to tell you. But there is another crowd who's hoping you won't make it. And there, there, is another, there are some other folks out there that are hoping that you'll throw in the towel. They're hoping that you'll quit. There are people who, I promise you, are dead set against what you're doing for Christ. They don't understand why you're faithful. They don't understand why you want to come back on Sunday night. But for one reason, they've never been a part of a church like this. And they didn't realize that it is so great to be able to come to the house of God. They don't understand why you give. You mean you give to the church? They don't understand why you serve. You mean you're coming back early for choir practice? You mean you're going to, to early in the morning to serve in a ministry? They don't understand your separated life. And so there are people that are going to come, you're going to come across and they're going to do their best to try to squelch what you're doing for the cause of Christ. But if we're going to walk like Christ, you know what we've got to do? We've got to keep on walking. James chapter one, verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he has tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Brother Mike already quoted it this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Proverbs chapter 24 verse number 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. You say, Pastor, problems came and, and someone uh, was unkind to me. Someone mistreated me and I sort of got out of the way. Any advice? Yes. Get back in the fight again. And if you want to be like Jesus Christ, you got to keep on walking. You say, but pastor, it hurts. Well, listen, it may hurt. You may be limping. You may not be walking as fast as you used to walk. But Christian, child of God, get back in the fight again and serve the Lord. Some of our folks here this morning work with the postal department. Let me tell you something I love about stamps. And it's not the, that they're getting more and more expensive all the time. The thing I love about stamps is that they stick to one thing until they get there. 
Man, wouldn't it be a life-changing day at Calvary Baptist Church if God gave us some Christians that are like postage stamps and just said, man, I'm sticking with it. Singing to the choir, sticking with it. Serving as an usher, I'm sticking with it. Playing an instrument, I'm sticking with it. What if somebody, uh, what if somebody offends you? I'm sticking with it. What if somebody's against you? I'm sticking with it. I'm going to keep on walking. Why, why is that, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because it's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. I just, listen, I had to put this little, I had to put this up on your screen. I want you to see this. You know what Thomas Edison said? Thomas Edison said, genius is 2% inspiration and 98% perspiration. You know what that means? Sometimes life's just tough. But if you want to make a difference for the cause of Christ, Amen. I feel some preach coming on this morning. You're here this morning. Listen, if you're here this morning, you're a parent. You know what I'm about to tell you is the truth. It's a fight. Man, it is an all-out fight just trying to keep your kids halfway straight and in love with the Lord and trying to keep your, your grandkids headed in the right direction. And sometimes, man, it's a fight. And, but I'm telling you, you know what that means? You just got to batten down the hatches and you can say, man, it's tough, doggone it. It's tough and it's painful, but we're going to go on. Why? Because that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. Someone said, never despair, never despair. But if you do, go on in despair. And Calvary Baptist Church, if it seems like everything's against you, and maybe even everyone is against you, here's my advice. Go forward and walk on. Why? Because it's what the Lord Jesus Christ did. I'm talking about perseverance. Well, I wonder who I'm talking to today. I guarantee there's somebody. There's somebody here this morning, and man, you're so discouraged, you're ready to throw in the towel. The devil has fought you this week tooth and nail. It seemed like every morning you woke up, he was there to greet you. And you just can't, I mean, it, it, you say, preacher, it's just like we can't even get over the hump this week. Every day's a battle, every day's a struggle. You say, what should I do? Keep on walking. Man, just keep on walking. Persevere. I love the little story about the, uh, the little boy. And he was outside, didn't have anybody to play with that day, but he wanted to play ball. And so he got all of his baseball attire on, you know, and got his baseball cap and uh, got his ball and got his bat, you know. And he'd throw that ball up. And so he, he got, got bat in one hand, got the ball in the other hand. He got time it just right. He threw that ball up and, Boom! Ball fell right there on the grass. Doggone it. Man, he picked up that ball and he said, I'll get it this time. I'll get it this time. Man, he took that bat, he got that ball and he threw it up just right. He watched it, he watched it, he watched it. He watched it. Boom! And boom, ball hit the ground just like that. He said, I'll get you next time. I'll get you next time. He took that ball and boy, you've heard of keeping your eye on the ball. And he took that ball and he threw that ball up and here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. And man, he swung with all his might and that ball hit the grass. He took that, that bat, threw it down and he said, wow, what a pitcher, what a pitcher. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about perseverance. It was 1831, he lost his job. 1832, he was defeated in his run for the Illinois State Legislature. 
1833, he failed in business. 1835, his sweetheart died. 1836, he had a nervous breakdown. 1838, he was defeated in the run for the Illinois House Speaker. In 1843, he was defeated in the run for nomination for U.S. Congress. 1846, he was finally elected to Congress, but then in 1848, lost renomination to Congress. 1849, he was rejected for a land officer position. 1854, he was defeated in his run for U.S. Senate. 1856, he was defeated in his run for nomination for vice president. 1858, he was defeated again in his run for the U.S. Senate. And in 1860, he was elected and became one of the greatest presidents that America has ever seen. His name was Abraham Lincoln. Now, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying keep walking, church. You know, in, in some ways, 2020 and 2021 has been the hardest year of Calvary's history in some ways. We were talking about that last night. Man, we've had some blows. You say, Pastor, you got all the answers? I wish I did, but I don't. But I can tell you what we ought to do. Keep walking, Calvary. Keep walking. You say, Pastor, I don't know what's down the road. Neither do I. I know he's coming. I hope he comes quickly. I hope he comes soon. You say, Preacher, by this time next year, is COVID going to be a thing of the past? I don't know. We thought it would be a thing of the past when 2021 came. You say, preacher, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Pastor, who's going to be elected? I don't know who's going to be elected. I don't know if things are going to be better or things are going to be worse, but I do know this. Whatever happens, you and I have a responsibility to persevere and to go forward and to keep on walking. Why? Because it's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. And so number one, we notice here, that Jesus walked through problems. Number two, he walked against persecution. We're done today. Number three, I love this. We notice here in the scriptures that Jesus walked actively in personal evangelism. Look, if you will, at Mark chapter one, and we're done. Mark chapter number one. Let me just leave you with a challenge, Calvary. Mark one, verse 16. Mark chapter one, verse number 16. The Bible says now as he, talking about Jesus, now as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. You know what, uh, and, and we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning, but Christ was always busy in the work of evangelizing. He was building a kingdom. Church, I'm going to be honest with you. There's going to have to be a church somewhere that decides we're going to rise above the norm. You say, Pastor, what's the norm? This is the norm. Only 2% of those who claim to be Christians actively share their faith. Only 2%. Only 5% of the evangelical community ever in their lifetime lead anyone to Jesus Christ. I gave this statistic to our class several weeks ago. 1996, there were 40,000 Southern Baptist churches in America with 10,000 of those churches not averaging one convert a year for several years. 
3,500 to 4,000 churches go out of business every year in America. And out of 30,000 churches polled, listen to this now, out of 30,000 churches polled, fewer than a half of 1% baptize four or five more adults each year over a three-year period. And you know what that tells me? We're going to have to get with it. You say, Pastor, there are problems. You're right. But we've got to go on. We got to walk on. We got to lead people to Jesus. You say, preacher's COVID. I get it. I get it. there's COVID, but we're going to have to find a way to get it done. Yeah. Amen. Why? Because we got to walk in the ways that Jesus walked. And Jesus was actively involved in personal evangelism. Did you know, Calvary, did you know that one personal invitation can change someone's life forever? I was reading a story, and we're done. I was reading a story this week. About a, about a man who worked with a Christian carpenter. We have some Christian carpenters in our church. And uh, the guy was lost. And he just came into work one day, not really even meaning to talk to the carpenter, but he was just talking and he said, you know, he said, I don't understand what's going on, but he said, I'm finding a hunger inside of me for something that I don't have. And the carpenter said, well, why don't you do this? He said, why don't you come and go to church? And the lost man, listen to this, the lost man said, how do you do that? And the carpenter said, what do you mean, how do you do it? You just do it. And this is what he said. Do you mean that anybody can come? And he said, man, not only can anybody come, but everybody's welcome to come. At least that's the way it's supposed to be at church. Did you know you're going to meet folks around the community and at work and at school and at college and the gas station? And truth of the matter is, they're like that man. They really don't know they can, that they can just show up one day and come to the house of the Lord. And we need to be busy in inviting and in evangelizing. Why? Because it's exactly how our Lord walked. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father... Thank you for this time that we've had together today. And Father, I pray today that you'll help us to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Lord, we don't know all that he did, but we know a lot of what he did. And our Bible tells us about the walk of our Savior. And God, I pray today that, that you would do something supernatural in the heart and life of that one that's here today and they are struggling. Lord, a storm has come, a problem has come their way and along with that problem came the enemy. And Lord, the enemy's doing their best to try to get them out of the will of God. Father, would you help us to follow the example of our Savior and to keep walking, to persevere, to push forward ever forward, never backward. And I may not be running forward, but I'm going to walk. Lord, I may be hurting right now, but I'm going to keep going. And with your help and by your grace, I'm going to keep on serving. I'm going to keep on keeping on. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Man, I just, I just feel like God's talking to somebody this morning.
Maybe right now you're not underneath the spout where the glory comes out. Maybe you're underneath the spout where the problem's pouring out. And you say, preacher, it's so tempting just to get discouraged and quit. You know what ought to happen today? We ought to have some folks. In just a moment, they come down around this old-fashioned altar and say, Lord, would you help me to put one step in front of the other? God, would you give me the wherewithal to keep on walking, to keep on walking? I am tempted to stop, but would you help me to keep on walking? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. How many of you here this morning say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of any doubt that I am saved. And if you can say that beyond a shadow of a doubt, would you just slip your hand up right now? Pastor, I know that I'm born again. I know I'm born again. Praise the Lord. You may lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. With heads bowed and eyes closed, how many are here today who would say, Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand, and if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me right now? Would you just slip your hand up and wave it at me this morning? Pastor, if I died right now where I'm seated, I don't know for sure that I'd go to heaven. But I'm sure I want to go. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? You'd slip your hand up right now. Can I pray for you? Is there one anywhere, anywhere? Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure about heaven. Pray for me. I see a hand. Is there another? Is there another? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder how many be honest today and say, Preacher, man, we're going through the fire. And the enemy is just doing his best to try to get us discouraged. I need prayer today. I need prayer that we'll keep walking forward. If that's you right now, you just very quietly slip your hand up and let us pray for you today. Preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And you and you and you and you. God bless you. Thank you for that hand. God bless you. Thank you. Let's all stand this morning if you would. Folks are using the altars. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We're going to pray. And after we pray, why don't you just slip out and come. Now's a good time to use the altar. Hey, child of God, don't you quit. Don't you stop. Don't you back up. You keep going forward. Keep serving God. So, Father, I pray for these that are in the altar this morning. And I pray for those that are coming. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd encourage us. God, I pray that you'd give us some spiritual fortitude today. God, sustain us. Lord, equip us. That's what this place is all about, for equipping the saints. So, Lord, would you do this? Would you equip us to keep moving forward? Lord, we are a part of a mighty army. And we cannot back up, and we dead sure can't surrender. Lord, our general is about to come. Our commanding officer is about to, is about to make himself visible. And God, we must go forward. We must. God, would you encourage that Christian that's discouraged? And Heavenly Father, would you give us what we need today to, to keep walking 
in the footsteps of Jesus. Bless all of these that are in the altars this morning. These that raised their hand about salvation. I pray, Heavenly Father, you'd help them to come and to give their heart and life to Christ today. Maybe there's someone here today, a preacher that, uh, oh Lord, that needs to rededicate their life to Christ. Maybe for some reason they've strayed away from the Lord and today they would come rededicate their life to Christ. Lord, it could be there's folks that have been saved but they've not been baptized. Today they need to come and make themselves a candidate for baptism, whatever it is. Father, have your way, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed.